Hey, this is Pastor John Ryan Cantu from Numa Church in Houston, Texas. Thank you for listening to the message today. I hope that it blesses you and all those that you share it with. God bless you. Apart from praise and worship. Has God been good to you this week? He's given you breath. He's given you life. He's given you another opportunity. God is good. All the time, my God is good. Amen. If you're visiting for, for the first time and you're like, man, this, this church is crazy. I'm, I'm, I ain't coming back here next time. I, it, might be, it, it might be because you don't know Jesus the way that we know Jesus yet. And that's okay. That's okay because, because there is Jesus in this place. Salvation is in this place. Hope is in this place. And you can get to know Jesus the way that I know Jesus, the, w- the way that Pastor Brandon knows Jesus. And man, when you know Jesus that way, when you have a relationship with him that way, it, it means so much every day that he gives you the son. The word says that he sustains all things by his very word, by his very hand. He is sustaining the universe. That means that every morning when I wake up and I feel the warmth of that sun, it's Jesus doing it for me. It's Jesus saying, good morning, my child, I love you. That's why we're a little crazy. Amen. Yes. We are going to be in the, in the book of 1 Samuel this morning. And I know this is a coffee mug. There's not coffee in here. It's water. <clears throat> but if you have your Bibles, 1 Samuel 8, 1 through 9. And I want to thank you for being with us here this morning. If it is your first time, welcome. We love you already. We thank you. If you're watching online, God bless you. We hope that this message speaks to you. God has a word this morning. And it's weird because last week, Sister Claudia, she, uh, she, brought, a, she brought a word. She brought a message last week. And I had already had this word prepared and then God did something weird. He did something funny. He was like, okay, I know you had the word already, but I'm going to change it a little bit. And it's the same, it's the same passage of scripture. I didn't change the passage of scripture. God, God gave me that passage of scripture, but it's a little bit, it's a little bit at a, at a different angle. So I want to preach that to you this morning. First Samuel eight, one through nine. It says when Samuel became old, he made his sons judges over Israel And the name of the firstborn was Joel, and the name of the second was Abijah, and they were judges in Beersheba. Yet his sons did not walk in his ways, but turned aside after gain. They took bribes and perverted justice. Then all the elders of Israel gathered together, and they came to Samuel at Ramah, and they said to him, Behold, you are old, and your sons do not walk in your ways. Now appoint for us a king to judge us like all the other nations. But the thing displeased Samuel when they said, Give us a king to judge us. And Samuel prayed to the Lord and the Lord said to Samuel, obey the voice of the people and all that they say to you, for they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me from being king over them. And according to all the deeds that they have done from the day I brought them out of Egypt, even to this day, forsaking me and serving other gods. So they are also doing to you. Now then obey their voice. Only you shall solemnly warn them. And show them the ways of the king who shall reign 
over them. Why don't we pray real quick? Heavenly Father, I give you thanks for this word, my God. I thank you, my God, because it is alive, Lord. It is alive today, my God. This book of old, my God, this book that was written over a, uh, over a, over a period of centuries, my God, over 4,000 years old, my God, it is still alive today, and we thank you for it, my God, and I pray that you speak it over to your people right now in Jesus' name. Amen. I entitled this message, Too Soon. Too Soon. Tell that to the person next to you. Too Soon. The title, Too Soon, perfectly summarizes what the people of God here in this passage are demanding of Samuel, their priest, their prophet Samuel, this man of God. My prayer this week was, God, let this word also perfectly summarize someone's situation right now in this room so that your word can possibly stop them from making a decision before it's time. And I don't know, let me just say, I don't know who I'm going to be preaching today. To today. Most of the time, the word that I bring, that I prepare on a Sunday morning, I am in full agreement with. I look over it and I'm like, man, God, we, we did the thing. You did the thing through me. Because it's timely, because it's relevant, and the church needs to hear it. But can I just be honest? I wasn't too sure about this one. I told God, God, I, it's a good message, but I don't know if it's relevant. I don't know if anybody needs to, to hear it right now. You know, so many other things that I can preach on right now. So many things going on in our world. I got a, I got a list of, of sermons ready to go. God, let, let me give this one to you. What, what do you think about this one? And God led me here and he kept me here. So I don't know. I'm going to preach the word because it's his word. And I'm going to pray that it falls on someone who needs to hear it too soon too soon. Last week, I was, uh, um, I overheard a conversation between my daughter, Layla, and uh, one of her best friends here at the church, Debbie, uh, David and, and, and Paola's youngest. And they were, they were having a conversation, and, and Layla says to Debbie, I can't wait to be 14. And I'm thinking, that's, that's kind of random, like 14. What, why? I wonder what's, what happens at 14. Like, so I'm, 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 I'm curious at this point. Like, what, what is she going to say? And Debbie says, why? And then Layla says, so I can get married. And immediately I butt into the conversation. I, I wasn't in it, but I, I, I get in. I'm like, Layla, you ain't getting married at 14, girl. I don't know. I don't, you, you trip. I don't know what you're thinking. You're still a kid at 14. You're not getting married. At 14 or 15 or, or 16 or even 17, 18. I don't, I don't know if you ever get married, honestly. But <laughs> I, I'm kidding, obviously. I, I, want, I want that for her one day in the distant future. But that season will come. It will come. Lord help me. She's four years old. I don't know how much harder it's going to get, man. I told her 14 is too young. And I, and I had a real conversation. I was like, Layla, you, you got to enjoy life. You got you to gotta enjoy your childhood because she also said after this marriage comment, she said, uh, adults always just have so much fun. If only she knew <laughs> the struggles. I remember my dad telling me all the time because I was, I was just like, I couldn't wait to, to, to be older. I, all my friends were always older than I was. All my cousins were older than I was. So I wanted, I wanted to catch up and I just couldn't wait to be older. And my dad would always tell me the same thing. Ryan, I wish I was your age. I wish I could go back. And I'm like, why? Why? I remember another time, and I shared this before. I had this savings bond that my godfather had given me that would have been worth $500 after a certain number of years. 
And I, I, I remember one year I went to school and if you remember, you know, being, being in elementary, middle school, you know, back to school shopping, you, you'd get all the, all the dopest gear, all the, all the, you know, hottest shoes and all that, unless you had like uniform, in which case, you know, you had to wear khakis and like a red or white blue shirt. That was, that was me. Um, but I went to school and I already had my, 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 my gear, my back to school clothes. And, um, I was looking at a picture the other day and I, I realized man, I was, my mom dressed me pretty dorky. She, she really did. Uh, anyways, besides the point, but I went to school and I saw all these kids with, with, you know, new pairs of, of, of Jordans. And I was like, man, I have to have these, I have to have these Jordans because every, anyone who's anyone has a pair of Jordans and these cool kids have Jordans and I'm a cool kid. So I need to have a pair of Jordans. So I go back home and I ask my mom, can I, can I have some money to buy some Jordans? Cause I need, I need Jordans. I need them. And, and they say no for whatever reason. And I said, well, you know what? I have this money that I can just cash in for my godfather. So, and of course, they advised me not to. They said it wasn't a good idea, but I, I did it anyways because I wanted to give me some Jordans. So I, I cashed it in, um, and the face value on it was $250. So instead of waiting a couple years, I could have had $500. And I realized that the reason, the reason that I wanted the money had nothing to do with the money, but everything to do with what everyone else had that I did not have. And, and, and the value of the money didn't matter to me at that point. And it should have, because it was the, it would have been wiser for me to know that my shoes were going to wear out in two or three months. And the money that I spent to buy them was going to be out the window. I should have been wise enough to understand that if I just waited a few years, that this money would, would, would double its present value. I was like seven years old. So I wasn't thinking like that, but I wonder how many times we have compromised the things that actually matter because we have demanded to have them too soon. How many times, how many times have we devalued what would have been worth more had we just waited a little bit longer? See, I want you to understand something. It's not that, that God didn't want the Israelites to have a king. That's a misconception. It was always in God's plan for Israel to have a king. God promised Abraham in Genesis 17, 6, I will make you exceedingly fruitful. I will make you into nations and kings shall come from you. God spoke it to Moses in Deuteronomy that you may set a king before you whom I choose. So it wasn't that they were asking for, for a king that was, that was really the issue. It wasn't asking for a king that was outside of the plan of God, but it was outside of the timing of God. It was too soon. It was too soon. Now, whenever we demand a promise to God, from God, that is sooner than when, act- when God actually intends to give it to us, we have to, we have to seriously analyze our, our motives. Like, why do I want this thing now rather than later? Why can't I just wait? Why can't I just wait for God's timing? Why can't I just sit back and chill? Why am I demanding to have this right Now, you'll find that most of the times, the reasons that you have for receiving the promise from God is different from the reasons that God has for delivering the promise to you. That makes sense? See, God already had in his mind who was going to be the king. He already, he mapped it out. He planned it out, but it wasn't his time yet. David was still too young. Even when he was called to be king, he was still too young. It wasn't like till 30 years later that he actually became the king. So it was, it was, it was, it wasn't in the season just yet. It wasn't a ripe season for what they were asking for. 
But they demanded to have it now. And their reason for, for demanding this king was completely different from the reason that God wanted to give it to them. They wanted a king to, to govern over us, to, to, to protect us, to, to, to fight our battles. And God promised the king to the Israelites so that the true king, Jesus, would come from uh, royal lineage. That was the plan. Israel wanted one for a different reason, so that we could be like all the other nations. Everyone else has, has a king. Everyone else has their king fighting their battles. God's motives and Israel's motives didn't line up. I, when, I was, when I was preaching this, I was thinking about you know, the prodigal son, the son and, and, and his father. You, you guys know that story. Where the father, he has this inheritance, and he plans on giving it to his sons. And the father probably has a completely different reason for giving the inheritance to his son and, and a different timing, right? It was for a certain time, maybe after the father passed away or when his sons matured, when they had a family of their own, the son wanted it now. I want it now, dad, to, to go and live my life. I'm tired of being cooped up in this house. I, I, I want what's mine. I want to go out. I want to spend it how I want to spend it. I want to live the single life, the bachelor life. I want to spend it carelessly on whatever I choose. I want it now. It was the same promise, but the motive was different. And when the motive was different, the timing was going to be off. And because the timing was off, the value of the promise diminished. You didn't hear me. Maybe I didn't say it right. When, when, when your motive for cashing in early, God, give me the problem. Give me what's mine now. When it's different from God's, the timing is going to be off. And if that timing is off, you're not going to use it for what it was intended to be used for. Meaning it's not going to have the full value it was intended to have. And the reason I'm preaching this message is because I don't want someone to devalue their promise that God has set for, for a different time and for a higher value. But you're saying, God, I need it now. We need to learn how to wait. We need to learn how to wait. How many times, parents, how many times do you tell your kids, wait? Yes, I tell Layla all the time, wait. Wait, I'm, I'm almost done with this conversation. I literally just started it speaking to this other adult and you come over here, daddy, daddy, dad, just wait, wait. We're just like kids. We're just like, I mean, we're, we're, we're a little bit more, you know, intellectually advanced, just like a little bit. But when it comes to the things of God, it's all the same. Because God's timeline is much, much, much longer many times than ours. And so we're like, God, give it to me now. God, do it now. Do it now. I'm sick of waiting. I'm tired of waiting. Give it to me now. God might be developing you for a season that you don't even see coming right now. And he's allowing you to grow. He's allowing you to mature. He's allowing you to develop your preaching skills like we have some people here developing their preaching skills, your ministry skills, your leadership skills, your business skills, your, your gifts, your talents. I don't know what it is, but you might be saying, look, God, give it to me now so that I can use it for this. I see an opportunity to use what's already coming to me. Just give it to me now. I, I, I used to think that God gave me the gift of music 
so that I can go and, and play music for, for all the world to hear and record music and, and just be a traveling musical artist. I started to recently realize that he gave it to me so that it could be my preferred mode of worship. I realized that just now, not just now, recently, so that, so that when I'm finding myself in troubling circumstances, I can go over to my guitar or my, 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 my keyboard and I could just spend hours there, not even singing a single lyric of anything, but I'm just playing my heart out before the King of Kings and that is my mode of worshiping and it does something for my spirit. But I didn't think about that then. So God, give it to me now so I can get an early start on my career. I got to go platinum one day, right? Give it to me now. What have you been impatient about lately? Think about it. You can answer that question. What's, what's got ants in your pants? What's making you like, I, I, I need this. I need this now. I need this now. <clears throat> to what are you saying, God, give me the rest of it. Give me what you promised. Give me, give me that skill. Come on, give me, give me that education. Let's, let's, come on, hurry it up, hurry it up. Give me that knowledge. All because you see a use for it that God never intended for it to be used for. Now see, the great thing is when God gives you a gift, it has multiple applications. It does. It's, it's a great thing. And you can, you can use it to, to minister in, in different ways. And, and, and that's great. But just because it has multiple applications doesn't mean that we should neglect the original intent of God given the promise. For some of you who are being developed right now in, 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 in the ministry of preaching, you might be thinking, oh, I'm, I'm doing this to help out my pastor. Every now and then I'm going to bring a word and God's like, man, that's cute. That's cute. You don't see the bigger that I have for you. You don't see the, the intent that I have for you. I was thinking about this. I, I, was, I was thinking about my brother, Brandon, Pastor Brandon. I don't have any of this in my notes. I'm going off the cuff here. But if you've known Brandon for, for as long as I've known him, he, he came to this church. Gangsta, yes. But just, just a baby Christian. Not even, not e- you, weren't e- you weren't even born yet. And he came into the, into the church. How long have you been here? 12, maybe 15 years, something like that. A long time. And he has, every time I say this word, he, he has a fat joke behind it. Grown. Let's be mature for a second. He has grown spiritually. I, I, have, seen, I have seen him develop. I mean, years ago, he would always text me, hey, hey what's a good resource for this? What's a good resource for that? I want to, I want to get into ministry. I want to start to preach. I want to start to, I want to start to teach. And he took over, you know, the, the youth ministry and he started to teach. And, and I have seen such a transformation in, in just in his life and his spiritual life. And, and something tells me that, that it goes beyond just this ministry. I don't, know, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. I can't, I can't see the season that God has for you for uh, what he's preparing for you. But, but you've been pe- preparing for a long time. And I believe it's, it's, it's going to go further than just here. And that's what God does. 
He prepares us for things and, and, and we're thinking, okay, well, it's, it's going to be for this purpose. And God's like, man, I have a bigger purpose for you. I have a different purpose for you. <clears throat> Don't devalue what God is doing in your life by taking your promise and finding another use for it. Now you see, sometimes I want you to get, I want you to get this. Okay. Sometimes because this is where it gets real. The pressure to cash in early is going to get you. There's pressure that's going to make you want to find a different use. There's going to be pressure to say, God, give it to me now instead of later. This is the thing that we learned from this story. The text says that Samuel's sons were wicked. They perverted justice. And, and Samuel, the man of God, the prophet of God, he was, he was old. So now what? What are we going to do? This was a legitimate concern. I want you to know that. I know it's so easy to, to, to read the Bible several thousand years after the fact and look at the Israelites and be like, oh, man, God, these guys just got it all wrong all the time. No, this was a serious, this was a legitimate concern. They were concerned for the, for the well-being of their people. Put yourself in their shoes for a minute. The man of God, the man of God, he was, he was on his way out. He was on his way out. He wasn't going to be able to function much longer. The sons of Samuel, the ones who everyone expected to follow into Samuel's shoes, they're not. They're wicked. They pervert justice. There is no king. There is no monarchical system to which they can appeal to a king. So they're in fear of their own people, and rightly so. This was also a time where they had extreme military threats from, 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 the, from the west and from the south. There was no Moses. There was no Joshua. There was no Caleb. There was no Gideon. There was no Samson. There was no warriors that we preach about. Samuel was about on his way out. So God, give us the king now because we need someone to fight our battles. The pressure is real. And who's going to do it? Who's going to do it? This is why we need a king. They were feeling the pressure. It's so hard to make rational decisions when you're under pressure. It really is. Wouldn't it be nice if God could just make all the pressure subside in the waiting period? Like, God, just distract me with something good, you know? Or I don't have to think about it. I love it when Melissa and I go to go on vacation. We do those all-inclusive resorts. And uh, if you've ever been, like, if you've ever been, you book one of those couples massage at the spa. Anybody? It's great. You should, you should do it. But, but, but you, you, you go in and you're like, I can too. And they have this beautiful, just really calming music. And they're like, okay, uh, it's just going to be, you know, 10, 15 minutes. Just, just, just wait. But they don't make you wait like in this really white lobby with the guy in the corner coughing and you know, magazine is like eight years old, you know, no, you wait, you sit down and they're like, would you like a hot towel? Sure. I want a hot towel. Would you like a freshly squeezed lemonade? Hey, we, we have, we have a sauna over here. If you'd like to enjoy it, we have a hot tub over here. If you'd like to hear some robes, I mean, they just, they go all out. And then by the time they call you to get your massage, you're like, man, it's kind of bittersweet. Cause you don't want to leave where you were while you were waiting. Why can't you make it like that? God, why can't the waiting be easy so where I'm not feeling the pressure? Because if I'm not feeling the pressure, everything's going to be good all the time. Instead, God doesn't do it that way. 
Instead, God, God does it like, have you ever, have you ever called the IRS? Yeah. Sometimes three, four hours you're waiting and like, you, you need to speak to someone, but you're like, you know what? Just forget it. I'm not getting an income tax this year. <laughs> the pressure is there just to, just to, just to hang up. <clears throat> Israel is under pressure. They're under pressure. But instead of saying, God, we're going to come together as a people. We don't know what to do. We're going to come together. And we're going to seek you. Instead of saying that, instead of saying, Lord, I know that, 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 the, el- that the people of God, that the, that the leaders might not be following you right now, but, but, but we're going to come together and we're just going to wait for your timing. Instead, they say, God, we can't do this anymore. Give us a king now. Do it now. And in doing so, they reject God as their king. I'm going to say something right now that, that you might not want to hear, but when you reject God's timing, you don't just reject his timing. You also reject him. Because if you reject his timing, you're rejecting his plan. You're rejecting his will. You're rejecting obedience to him. God is telling someone this morning, wait. Just wait. Just wait. I remember, I remember the first um, year, which was basically it was beginning of last year. It seemed like forever ago. When I took over as a lead pastor, one of the one of the plans that had kind of been in the works since I started as the English pastor, I started as an English pastor like six years ago, was to uh, change the name of our church. Right. We, that's something that we had been we had been talking about. I had been talking to my parents about. I, I told them that it was it was on my heart. I told them that. You know, my, my dad should do it on his, on, on his way out, you know, as a lead pastor. He was like, no, nah, that's, that's your business. You take care of that. And, and, uh, and uh, so that's, that was kind of the plan. And uh, I think everyone thought that when I officially took over as a lead pastor, the very first thing that I was going to do was that. That was because everyone asked me all the time. And honestly, if I'm being honest, I thought that was going to be my first order of business too. Hey, let's. We're stepping into a new season, new era, new identity. Let, let, let's do it. But there was something that didn't allow it. There was something that said, wait, it, it, it's a little too soon. And everyone who already knew about the change was like, you can do to what? Come on, you're going to do it. Get it going. And the reason that I had for not doing it right, right away I don't believe was the reason God actually had. But I do believe it was the reason that he gave me. The reason that I had um, was because, you know, we had been Primera Iglesia for many, many years, decades, 50, 60 years. We still had people in our, in our ministry who had been uh, a, part of that, a, a part of that name for that long. So I just, I felt like if I come in day one, and we just changed the name. I just felt it was a little insensitive. I felt like we should, we should, we should ease our way into it. So instead I had determined to wait about a year, kind of re- reconstruct our leadership, share the vision with them, and then bring, you know, bring the vision to the church. And in 2020, boom, Numa church. That was my reason. But I think God had a slightly different reason that I could not have known 
at the time that I see now being on the other side. Some people don't make it to the other side because some people cash in too early. Some people don't wait when they should have waited. So they don't know what would have been on the other side. It's always just a guess. We officially launched the name NUMA about three weeks or so into the coronavirus pandemic. We, we, had, we had a service and no one was even in here. Everyone was watching. Y'all were all watching at home. And I don't know if, if, if you've thought about this, but when we officially became NUMA Church, everybody knows, we all know what NUMA means. When we did that, we made a public declaration in the midst of chaos, in the midst of confusion, in the midst of anger, in the midst of fear, that we were going to be a church that would strive to represent the Holy Spirit in this world that was everything but holy. That we would be a church that would not be led by the chaos or the confusion or the anger or the hatred or the fear, but we would be moved, led, and empowered by the Holy Spirit. So we purposely, listen, we purposely and intentionally positioned ourselves to be a spirit-filled church. And, and it probably would have, you know, it, it probably would have been so much easier to step into that before anything in 2020 happened because we were so pumped up. We were so excited about it. But now we have been put to the test because it seems like the evils in our world have been magnified lately. And, and the world needs the spirit of God more than ever before. And that is when Numa church emerged in this midst of chaos and fear and anger and hatred. And, and, and I give God glory for that because it put us to the test. Okay. Are you going to be a spirit filled church? Okay. Are you going to be able to worship when, when there are no other believers around you, when you're at home? Are you going to be able to do it? Are you really going to be able to be moved, led, and empowered by the Spirit in a world where everything is trying to gun for your attention? Everything is trying to to get you to sway a certain way. Are you going to be moved, led, and empowered by me? I couldn't have known it then. It's not by coincidence, church. Believe me. There were times last year, man, where I was like, man, maybe I should do this already. Maybe I need to do it because of pressure, right? The pressure. Maybe we should do it before, before the year is over. But something just kept saying, just hold on. Wait. And I believe that, that God is saying this morning to somebody, wait. Wait. Because I have purposed, I have purposed it for you. I don't know what the it is, but God is saying, it's not that I don't want you to have it. It's just that when you get it, I want it to mean everything that it was supposed to mean. I don't want it to be devalued. I don't want it to be corroded. I don't want you to get it filthy. I, want you, I don't want you to be, I don't want you to get it and then not be able to use it because you don't know what you're doing. Wait. It's coming. I don't know what it is. But the promise, the promises of God never come back void. 
God intends to deliver what he promised to deliver. Why don't you stand up this morning? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Right there where you're at. Come on, why don't we lift up our hands? Come on, all across this room. Let's just lift up our hands. And let's just come with a sincere heart before God and say, Lord, forgive me for my impatience. Forgive me for for demanding to have something that was not meant for this time. I love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We need you, Jesus. We need you, Spirit of God. We need you. worship you. This is a church that will worship you, my God, in every storm, Lord. Every storm, every season, my God, every circumstance, my God, we have, we have declared that for ourselves. We have made it a public declaration, my God. We want to operate in the fullness of your power, Jesus. If you're here this morning, You don't have a relationship with Jesus. Maybe you don't know Jesus. Maybe you've never had that personal encounter with him. Let me just tell you real quick about him. Jesus saved me. He saved me from my my sin. He saved me from this inevitable downfall, this inevitable death that I was headed for. He did it. And he can do it for you. He already did it for you. And if you're here this morning, you say, man, I want to dedicate my life. I want to dedicate my life to him. I want to make him my Lord because I know that he's my savior. I want to make him my Lord. And if that's you this morning, I'm just going to ask that you raise your hand. Just raise your hand. I'm going to pray for you right there where you're at. Just raise your hand if that's you. If you raise your hand, I want you to repeat this prayer after me. And, and, and think about the words that you're repeating, because I know sometimes you, it, it's so easy to repeat something, but, but there is substance in this prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son for me. You knew me even before I knew me. You loved me before I even knew what loved was. And today I recognize my need for you. I recognize that I was born into sin and I haven't yet been cleansed. But today I'm accepting you into my life. Holy Spirit, fill me. Make me your child. I invite you into my heart today and I vow to walk in your your spirit every single day in Jesus name amen come on give God some praise give God some praise thanks for listening if you'd like some more information on NUMA Church visit us on our website at 
mynumachurch.org. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe or share it with your friends on social media and tag us at mynumachurch. Thanks again and God bless.